For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday night from 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, don't worry. We got you covered the very next day because we got ourselves on podcast form on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shad. I am a contributor at zonecoverage.com as well as the Viking Age, which this show is uh, about. Uh, to my right is my managing editor, Adam Patrick, over at the Viking Age. And I don't really have some cute open, as you can tell. So uh, how about we just dive right into it, Adam? Let's do it. Well, starting our show off is that Kevin O'Connell said there is a competition at the center position. Now, he didn't say Garrett Bradbury is screwed, but he discussed some of Garrett Bradbury's struggles on Saturday and basically said what everything that Viking fans already know. He's good in the run game, but he needs to work on his pass protection. He also mentioned that some of the struggles are due to some of the mental mistakes along the offensive line and that Ed Donatel, Mike Patton, and the rest of the defensive staff have been scheming him to try and test him as other teams are going to do the same, which is a valid point. So what do you think about the possibility of a center competition? And are you buying Kevin O'Connell's reasoning for Garrett Bradbury's struggles? I like the competition, and I partially uh, believe Kevin O'Connell. I believe when he talks about you know, Ed Donatel and Mike Pettin are good at scheming things up defensively, especially when it comes to the pass rush, because this is true. They have a pretty good track record of doing that. I also agree uh, when he talks about Bradbury being good in the run game. Not great, but good. Uh, his his run block grade from PFF last season ranked 22nd out of 39 centers in the NFL. So he's clearly a better run blocker than a pass blocker, uh, especially since his PFF pass block grade ranked 35th out of 37 centers last season uh, a pass block grade from Bradbury which was actually the best of his three seasons in the league so uh, not very good however um, Chris what have we been hearing about this this offense why have Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne had giant grins on their face uh, faces whenever they're asked about the Vikings new offense. Because, I don't know, Adam, you tell me <laughs> because it's Minnesota is switching more towards a pass first offensive scheme. Meaning if Bradbury is on the field this season, he's likely going to be pass blocking more than, uh, than he ever has before in his career. And based on his history, uh, more pass blocking for Bradbury is incredibly uh, worrisome. Um, and I think the Vikings have realized this in training camp. And I think that's a big reason why Chris Reed has been moved to be the second team center. It's not a coincidence that he was, uh, moved to center the day after 
Uh, the Vikings had their first padded practice, and Bradbury was just getting you know bowled over uh, by opposing defensive linemen. So you know the Vikings they they really just have to figure out what they want to do uh, with Bradbury because when it comes to the type of offense that they want to run this year, which by all indications is is more pass oriented, um, Bradbury is is really a uh, terrible fit. Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of one of the shocking things of the offseason when O'Connell went up to the podium at the NFL scouting combine and basically said, hey, we really like Garrett Bradbury. There's a reason he was a first-round pick. We think he can do great things in the scheme because everybody that's watched the guy in the past three years uh, as Viking fans has gone, he's the weakest link of the offense. And to O'Connell's point, defenses are going to scheme against the weak link of the offensive line. You can have four all-pro offensive lineman but if you have one bad player and this is Garrett Bradbury they will target him they will scheme they will stunt they will do whatever they can to isolate him in one-on-one matchups so I think that's a good thing that the Vikings are doing in testing Bradbury early but it also concerns me that they didn't really bring in any real competition like Chris Reed has never played center before in the NFL regular season um I think Jesse Davis is entrenched at guard right now. If Ed Ingram beats him out, I don't know. Austin Schlotman, you're going to put Austin Schlotman over there? He hasn't played at center in the regular season either. There's no competition for him, and this shouldn't have been a surprise. So, I mean, now that Garrett Bradbury is basically getting... Uh-oh. Chris Froze. Uh-oh. Where'd he go? Uh-oh. We lost Chris. We lost him. All right. Uh, well, Chris is gone. Uh, so we're talking about Garrett Bradbury here. And uh, Chris, hang on. Are you there? You there? You there? Great, great YouTubing. Have we seen it? <laughs> All right, Have we're back. Seen me yet? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're back. All right, where, back. where did I cut off before? Uh, you uh, you just cut off about you know the Vikings not bringing in a ton of people uh to compete with garrett bradbury in the first place even though they're saying there's competition the competition that he has isn't isn't that great and that's what you were pretty much talking about yeah i was so mad i just froze about it like <laughs> i mean anybody with a i don't want to say a brain because kevin o'connell seems really smart right yeah, yeah but if you go on all you had to do was do a pro football focus like look and i know coaches hate pro football focus because those nerds don't know what's going on they don't know the scheme they don't need know any of this Mike Zimmer hates pro football folks. Yes, among centers. (laughs) I'm sure Kevin O'Connell uses it a lot more than Mike Zimmer did. Yeah. And and like, from what I've heard, maybe this was Darren Wolfson saying this. I I can't remember, but he said Mike Zimmer got a lot of analytics and he just threw them in the trash. (laughs) So like Garrett Bradbury, 2019, 29th overall grade out of 36 qualifiers. I use qualifiers as 20% of the league lead in snaps. Uh, I know people always say PFF qualifiers are like, what does that mean? So na- now you know. 2020, 28th out of 39 qualifiers. 2021, 38th out of 41 qualifiers. Uh, pretty not bad, good. right? Not good. Not good. Yeah, it's not great. Now, now here, here's what I'm thinking, though. Like, Austin Blythe with the Los Angeles Rams. In 2019, mm-hmm. Austin Blythe had a grade worse than Garrett Bradbury. He was 36 out of 36 centers. The following season, he was 13th, 69.3. He parlayed that into a big contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? 
they took, and I don't have this in my notes because apparently I Creed Humphrey. Yeah, uh, no, not Creed Humphrey. He plays for the Chiefs. Who play? Yeah. Who is the Ram center? Like I'm blanking right now because I didn't. I had it written down. Anyway, whoever it was, he was 13th. I can tell you that much. He was 13th among centers. Yeah. yeah. And then he cashed in on a three-year, $24 million deal. That is going to annoy me. So uh, do you think Garrett Bradbury is going to win this job or what? Brian Allen. Brian yeah. Allen, thank you. There you go. There we go. Um, <laughs> right now, I think I'd put it at 60-40 for, for Bradbury. I think, I think the Vikings really want to try – and make it work with Bradbury, but I also think and hope that this this new coaching staff isn't just going to put you know someone out on the field like Bradbury just because he's a, a first round pick. You know, we already kind of talked about this, but what's helping Bradbury's case is that guys like Chris Reed, uh, someone who has never really played center before, is the second team center, and you know this has been obvious that he hasn't really played center before when he's got snaps hitting the ground and going, going over people's heads during training camp. Um, but if Reed can work on improving his snapping skills and he can have some good showings in the Vikings preseason games this summer, you know, I won't, I won't be surprised if uh, Chris Reed is their week one starter against the Packers. Now, if he is, what is this? What do you think this means for Bradbury? Uh, do the Vikings keep him around? Do they cut him? Do they try and trade him? You know, what do you think would happen to Bradbury if Chris Reed was the week one starter? I think they would search for a trade. I think Billy Price was the first round pick by the Bengals last year, and they wound up finding a team that could take him out of the deadline. Like, if you're thinking, like, who could they trade him to? Like, there's nobody out there. Like, who would want Garrett Bradbury? Well, first of all, a team pr- traded for Billy Price, like I said, but I mean, you know, there's going to be camp cuts. And if somebody like Kevin O'Connell, who obviously saw potential coming in from the Rams organization, then kind of got to camp and went, uh oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, going around and changing that up, you know, some other team's going to look at Gary Bradbury the same way and be like, we can fix him. But really, they can't. What is your percentage? 60. Yeah. 60 40. I- I'll yeah. put it at that. I-, I mean, like I said, Chris Reed has been botching snaps left and right. Like you mentioned, that's why Adi Cole or Adi Cole. Oh my God. <laughs> I froze. I, I forgot who the Ram center was. I trifecta bad things come in threes. So I think we're good for the rest of the show. Okay, I think but Mason Cole was doing the same thing last camp and he mm-hmm. didn't get the starting job until he figured out how to snap the ball. So yeah, yeah I, I think Bradbury's at least going to start the season and if he gets killed, I mean, Arif Hassan was on. Yeah, Arif Hassan said last week that this is the worst, like, training camp Garrett Bradbury has had, like overall. Like th- this, this is, is like, yeah, this out of all the training camps, this is the worst Garrett Bradbury has looked. That's not good. So that that's not definitely not good, especially <laughs> when you didn't bring anybody in, especially when you took a you know linebacker, a Chaz Surratt clone. With your 66 overall pick instead of taking a center. Yeah. Like they kind of deserve this. Yeah. And, and Harrison Phillips, a good, solid defensive tackle, but he's not an all pro and he's just manhandling. The reports were saying he manhandling Bradbury in the middle there. So what's going to happen when Kenny Clark is across from him and uh, a bunch of other guys too? And what, what Jordan Davis, did you see the video of Jordan Davis just plowing that guy like, 
putting them on skates. Did and you the, see the other video people? of Jordan Davis getting moved by a guy hopping like a rabbit, though? Because I saw oh, that really? before the show, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Unless they, unless, unless that was in reverse and I'm just getting, uh, <laughs> I think it was, here. I think it, it was because the guy was hopping backwards like a rabbit. <laughs> so I think you, you fell for it. Uh, we are yeah. over four today. I am Miguel uh, Sano. You, it's a Monday. Who cares? Um, yeah, it's, if this is Bradbury's worst camp, that is not good. Like it's wow. That's not good because center is not a position I feel like where you can just be like, oh, we'll get him. We'll get him the week before the first game, and we'll uh, we'll plug him in there. Kirk will be fine, especially with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not going to be someone who's like, oh yeah, I can mix. I can do it with anybody. No, that's that's not how he how he rolls. He's got to know you're, you're you. You're not buying into his tennis like training and improving yeah, his agility. Yeah, 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 yeah Pete yeah. Sampras, him, man. Him and Drew Brees. That's uh, um, if there was a guy that that Kirk Cousins was striving to be like Drew Brees is definitely that guy with all the stats and no Super Bowls. So, um, but yeah, Garrett Bradbury, not, not good. The Vikings have a problem, but I think the preseason games will be a good chance for them to, to figure some things out and see some things, explore, test some things. I think Garrett Bradbury should play in the preseason. You know, we talk about Kevin O'Connell, uh, probably not going to play a lot of his, his starters, but Bradbury, he needs to be in there. I think he's, if he's he's fighting for a job. In a competition, you're going to play, aren't you? Yeah. Like like that. Like that's Dan's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we'll be able to tell who who they who's not really in the competition. Like if Dancer doesn't play on on Sunday when they play the Raiders, I think that's a pretty good indication that the Vikings feel like he's already the number two. So we might be able to find some of that stuff out. Uh, I think too. Their goal has to be get Garrett Bradbury through the season. That had to be what they were thinking about because there's no way they were looking at him going, this is a long-term center project. Well, they, like, they declined his, his fifth-year option. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they probably looked at it. They're like, we don't want to – we can't afford the top options. We don't want to yeah. draft anybody. We don't like this class. Let's roll them back out there and see what happens. And uh, the result has been predictable so far. J.C. Treader must have the worst knees in the world, right? For the, or he's for the part of the labor union and the owners don't want to deal with he that. He is. He is. But I feel like a team like the Vikings wouldn't care about like I know I know the the Wolves I don't know how much they're involved in like but they they don't seem like a a Jerry Jones type of owner that would hold a grudge against a player because of that but who knows you never know. Anyway, getting on to our next topic after a rough topic. I promise I'm just getting warmed up. We got four topics today so that way- maybe that's just like a warm up. For me, you had a like, you had a Garrett Bradbury esque performance. Yeah, let's, let's have a Christian Derrissaw performance. Well, yeah. Speaking of Christian Derrissaw, he looks like a beast at training camp, and there's one common denominator between everybody, and they all think he looks like Trent Williams. Albert Breer raved about him in a tweet last week. He said there are shades of Trent Williams in his movement. Another quote from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. They think he's going to be really, really good. Hit him with the double, really. That's impressive. He had already exceeded the expectations of those who were already on the staff. And the comparison I get here is Trent Williams. The coaches on the staff are calling him future Trent Williams. Um, the Vikings trade to tra- tried to trade for Trent Williams during the 2020 mm-hmm. draft before they selected Ezra Cleveland. Different regime, but... You know, what are your expectations for Christian Derrissaw entering year two? First off, 
I'll get this out of the way. I always find it interesting when like insiders like Ian Rappaport are suddenly turning into analysts in the summer, uh, giving their perspective on teams. And it's like, are you doing this to improve your relationship with the team so you can get info later? Or is this just your real feelings? But uh, I'll just I'll just get that out of the way. Um, I think it's fair to think that Christian Derrissaw can be a borderline Pro Bowl left tackle, like at the least next season. Um, you know, we spoke earlier about how Garrett Bradbury is a is a better run blocker than a pass blocker, and this was also the case for for Derisaw last season. But his grades were much much better than uh, Bradbury's, I believe. Out of the entire Vikings offensive line, Derisaw had the best run blocking grade uh, from PFF last season, and that was also fifteenth out of seventy nine offensive tackles in the whole NFL, and his PFF pass blocking grade was second among Vikings offensive linemen behind only Brian O'Neill. So, you know, the comparisons to Trent Williams, they are nice to hear, but I don't, I don't think anyone believes Derrissaw is about to be an all pro this season. I think he can still take some big steps and he still has a ton of potential, but I also think we also need to realize that he is still in his second season and he's still going to have some hiccups probably, but I think it's reasonable to expect Derrissaw at the very least, to maintain like his PFF run blocking grade and and maybe finish with a pass blocking grade above seventy, and I think he's capable of getting a grade around eighty too, which are are pretty good if you're an offensive tackle. So I think borderline Pro Bowl wouldn't be surprised if he made the Pro Bowl. Um, I feel like that's his ceiling for for next season. I think the goal here, short term, is Bright McKinney, right? Because when yes. you look at the two, Brian McKinney came out of Miami. He had that weird lawsuit or something. So he sat out the first, he sat out till like November, right. if I if I remember right. And then, you know, he was kind of shaky a little bit. And then he kind of took off in that second year. And granted, he was inconsistent. Like, but when he was on, he was an all pro talent. I think Derrissaw can be that plus add that consistency. So when we look at Christian Derrissaw going into this season, you see a guy that got his feet wet, kind of came in a little bit banged up. He's been healthy all off season. He's been able to train properly. He's been able to do all these things. And now they're starting to pay off on the field. And if he's taking a huge leap, like I'm, I'm interested to see how all these guys look in the 49ers practice because we're not going to see him against the Raiders. Like we'll see him in that 49ers practice. If he's stoning dudes, like, that that's awesome. That's an awesome development. Kirk's problem has not been with the tackles, however, it's been up the middle. But if you could take care of the bookends, uh, you know that's going to make the job easier for the interior. So, yeah, the more I hear about Christian Derrissaw, the more I like it. Yeah, he'll be going against what Nick Bosa, um, Eric Armstead, maybe a little bit. You know, a bunch of bunch of talented pass rushers they have in in San Francisco. They have a good defense. Javon Kinlaw on the inside there. Um, so he'll, he'll have some, some tough tests probably in those practices. So it'll be fun to watch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how he does this season. He, they obviously think he has a lot of potential. They're all raving about him, but you know, it, it's as a, this is a Vikings offensive lineman we're talking about. This is not a team, you know, it's an t- entirely different regime. This was someone who was selected by the previous regime. So we have to be oh, aware of that. That you know he, he might be have upside right now, but 
Matt Khalil had a lot of upside at, at one point, and then he fell off a cliff. So I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative here, but I'm also, I root for the Vikings, and I followed this team for a while. I know not to get excited about an offensive lineman in the preseason. Um, so that's what I'm just doing here. But I still think he has a ton of potential. I think he has a lot more potential than a, a lot of guys who have played left tackle uh, previously for the Vikings. Devil's advocate, too, just to kind of piggyback off of your thing. What, what else are the coaches going to say? Right. Oh, he looks like fifth-year Matt Khalil out there. I don't know. His knees might be shot. Because if they say that, other defensive coordinators are going to say, what now? <laughs> okay. Let's screw Brian O'Neill. We'll just send everybody to the left side. It'll be fine. Right. Like, right. Right. No. Well, so. if, this, if this was Zimmer, he would just be – He'd be right. He'd be. We would know. We would know that Garrett Bradbury is having a terrible uh, training camp. It wouldn't just be things that reporters are picking up on by who's playing on the field. Mike Zimmer would be like, "Up, oh, you know, he could be better out there." Uh, but no, Kevin O'Connell's trying everything he can to boost everyone up, and and that's it's it's a different approach. But I think it's one that's appreciated by not only the fans but the people in the locker room too, because they're just used to probably being beaten down for the last few years, and finally there's like. Okay, I'm not doing that great, but at least the coach isn't like throwing me under the table in the in the media. Hey, it's funny you mentioned Mike Zimmer because he appeared. <laughs> a wild Mike Zimmer appeared in the wilderness He's alive. over the weekend. He he is alive. He was on the sidelines at Cincinnati Bengals camp over the weekend. Didn't say anything, which is not surprising because he hates the media. But he was talking <laughs> to the play-by-play guy. He likes play-by-play guys, but probably not like the actual like beat reporter. Chris Thomason wasn't there. Chris Thomason was not, maybe he was hiding in like the, it is the jungle over there. And since he maybe was like sitting there, staking out, just like, Hey Mike, uh, Chris here. <laughs> Retreat back. Tried to, to talk to Mike. Tried to talk to Mike Zimmer, but he hung up on me. But he sprinted the other way. He called me yeah. a dirty word that I yeah, probably can't yeah, say yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, we still have not heard from Mike Zimmer. Well, uh-huh. let's start it this way. I, I just want to say it's good to see him out in his element. Before I get into everything else, because that report came out where, you know, he said he was going through a rough time. You know, I mean, you and I have both gone through, you know, anxiety and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, when when you're down, you feel that way, especially um, for a guy who's Zimmer, who cared? Like, he wanted to win. He always talked about winning one for the fans and everything else. And I mean that kind of gets swept under the rug when we talk about Zimmer because he was the mean old crusty guy and nobody liked him. And he didn't say hi to people in the hallway. And like in situations like this, I think things get exaggerated a little bit and that's what we're seeing with Zimmer. But that being said, do you think he'll ever come out about what happened at the end of his time in Minnesota? Or is this just kind of, um, I don't think so. I think a lot of people are waiting for that to happen, but I don't think, He's going to because I don't think he cares. That's not the type of guy that he is. Uh, he's not Rick Spielman. He doesn't need to be in the spotlight to tell everyone kind of how everything went. Um, yeah, because I don't think he cares because he, if he wants to tell you something, he's going to tell you to your face. And everything he's said probably already is what he had to say. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's, we're going to find out, you know, maybe in the future. If he's smart, he'll write a book um, and share everything that, that happened. I don't even think he wants to do that. because Get your money, man. He, he said right. he wants to write a book before. 
Right. What would be the title of Mike Zimmer's book? Is it run the, it's not run the damn ball. That's I think Mike Vrabel's got that trademarked, but. Oh, uh, tweet this or, uh, tweet that. Do you, that you, <laughs> how do you, how do you like, what, what did he say? He messed up. Uh, you like how that tastes. Yeah. <laughs> So creepy. <laughs> you like how that tastes, yeah. Kirk? No, get yeah. away from me. This is, you know, uh, Tom Ferreira was on the Homer Horn podcast. He was talking about uh, Mike Zimmer. And he said the first memory he had of Mike Zimmer was when uh, he got shorted a burger at McDonald's. And he went up to the podium the next day and, like, lamented about it. So McDonald's sent him free burgers. Like, just, like, I'm the head coach of the Vikings. This will do it. Like, Dinky Town. Ugh. <laughs> Um, then he, yeah, didn't he talk about like getting, I remember some early mic'd ups when he'd be like, I can get a, I can get DB from like seven 11. I don't, I don't need you like out here, like in what cover like, two yeah. corner. Yeah. 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 So like, um, that's when he was enjoyable and, and fun when they were, he was new and, and they were kind of, they had an upside, but then towards the end, everyone was like, no thanks. Um, but yeah, I, it was good to see him out there on the field, getting some sun I believe Pac-Man Jones was out there too, and Ocho Cinco was out there. Um, so he got to interact with some some old old players of his. It was just good to see see him out in the open, come out of the basement where he might have been for the last few months, just leaving the ranch in the real world. Um, and maybe, maybe, just uh, you know. Implanting a little, some seeds, planting some seeds for potentially being the Bengals' defensive coordinator if there's leaves in the next year or two. I want to see Pac-Man Jones become a coach. Oh, like, that would just be wild to me. But um, as far as Zimmer goes, I he, here's the other thing, and, and I was like, what does he have to gain by coming out and ripping the Vikings now? Like right. all, all the uh, Lieber and PA stuff about, oh, yeah, he wanted to fight Kirk Cousins on the sideline in Detroit. What does it matter now? Like they're getting ready for the season. Everybody's moving on. I mean, what's he going to do? Come out week 17, be like, yeah, I hated Kirk. Like, yeah, he, he didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that. I think last year was a sum of all errors. But like for Zimmer, he wants to coach again. He wants yep. to, I mean, there are some things that kind of came out that, didn't make him look so good. But I mean, obviously his reputation in the NFL is like, this guy knows what he's doing defensively. Right. Let's bring him in. So he was just, he was just getting praised by Aaron Rodgers on the, the, the part of my take podcast or whatever saying how Zimmer's defense was one of the toughest he's gone against. So yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is on drugs, which is actually our last <laughs> thing. Is that your way of just saying, Hey, move along. Cause no, like, I'm just no. out of it today. Or no, what? No. I was just, I'm just mentioning that he's still very respected around the league. Um, by a lot of people, regardless, regardless of all the reports, I think he's someone who, uh, people, I mean, Greg, listen, Greg Williams got a job after yeah. bounty gate. He still has a job. I think he's still in the league. Or he might be in like the XFL. I think he might be in the XFL now. Um, but he, yeah, he was back in the NFL after Bounty Gate. So to think that whatever reports came out about Zimmer and, and how he was is going to affect him getting a job uh, in the future in the NFL is is hilarious because coaches don't care, first off, because they a lot of these guys just know each other. And they know whether those things are true or not. And a lot of them don't care. 
So, like, if Sean Payton comes back next year and is the coach of, like, the Cowboys or someone else, you don't think Mike Zimmer is going to be, like, at the top of his list as a possible defensive coordinator? Well, he absolutely like, will. Yeah. So, I I don't think these reports are going to affect his, his future. And, like I said, I don't expect Zimmer to talk at all because – he doesn't have to. He does. He doesn't. If he had something to say, he would. We know that. So, I don't think he really cares. Well, like I said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers said that. Oh, it was great pressure. Maybe he just saw like thirty Vikings because he was drinking <laughs> too much to that psychoactive tea. Ayahuasca. Uh, yeah, unless you missed it. Aaron Rodgers said he's been drinking this stuff, and there's uh, what was the name of the drug? You, you Ayahuasca. Said- you said you read a whole article on it, so maybe I'll let you lead this conversation. Wasn't but, that wasn't that long. Uh, yeah. He said that it made him a better player and a better lover. So my first question is, how is this not covered in the NFL drug policy? Because everybody gets suspended for weed and uh, gambling and everything, except for you know whatever Deshaun Watson's doing. So I don't know. We're just going to – yeah, we got bigger things to worry about. You, you just get, get on your LSD there, Ringo Starr, and you can go win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found an article today. It was just from Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk because he asked, he posted that he asked NFL and NFLPA, and they, they both told him that ayahuasca is neither prohibited compound under the substance abuse policy, and it's not a PED either. So, um, but he, Florio did mention that the primary ingredient in ayahuasca, which is uh, DMT for short, I'm not going to read the super long name of it uh is this schedule run schedule one drug under federal law in the united states but apparently the nfl doesn't doesn't really care if if players use it uh which is interesting i think it's just because players if they do use it it's not like a regular thing one because it mess it can mess you up real bad i'll tell you some of the side effects in a minute um but you know if someone was using it more regularly then maybe the league would look into maybe like penalizing players for using it. But right now it just seems like something where, where players go on random retreats or at least just Aaron Rodgers. Cause this, the retreats, I looked them up. There's, there's none in the U S cause it's illegal, but they got to go to like Costa Rica, Peru, Brazil, Mexico is the closest and Portugal. Like you got to go somewhere to get this. Uh, but it is supposed to offer a lot of benefits for people who suffer from like depression social anxiety, addictions to drug and alcohol. Uh, But the side effects of ayahuasca include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, vertigo, and dizziness, all of which I secretly hope Rogers Rogers experienced when he used it. Um, And there is one benefit that could might, might help him, which is it's, it can be known to help you help improve your memory, like, like greatly. So Hmm. if, if he's out on the field, just remembering, everything that could be something that helps him but at the same time how much how can you even measure that but but right now i it's just something that people go and just for a trip and just have a trip (laughs) the more you know like i i wonder if this dude's gonna drink a little too much and think he's being chased by actual vikings during week one like between that and his um I guess they're not covered. They probably have some like spiritual term for their relationship or something like that, where it's just like, ah, uh, yeah, it's uh, they have a pact. They have a pact. They have a <laughs> vow or something. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, 
It just seems weird to me. They're like if Josh Gordon was on this stuff, they would burn down his house. You know, like, well, that's the NFL say, would be like, like the SWAT team. I was going to say, like, imagine if this happened. I would be like really interested to see what would happen if this came out like 10 years ago when the mm-hmm. NFL was handing out severe suspensions for, for players smoking weed, which is almost legal federally in the United States. Like I bet if someone like I bet someone like Ricky Williams saw the story and was just like, what the F? Like, <laughs> I guess it's been for a whole yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. For, for weed. Like, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's okay. And it, you know, it's interesting because I feel like it's also the, the people that, that do it. I don't want to say this is, this is race based, but I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that doesn't have anything to do with it. Cause I think if someone like, you know, let's say, let's say Ricky Williams did it. Uh, well, that's not a good example because he hasn't played in a long time. But let's say, let's let's say Von Miller did it. Then people would be like, "Oh, he's he's a druggie, he's a drug head, or whatever." And uh, but like Aaron Rodgers does it, and it's like, "Oh, you know, he's just exploring, you know, his body and his mind." And it's like, all right. Um, but yeah, Rick Williams has to be pissed. He's got to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is just such a weird. I mean, whatever you do during your free time, I mean, dude's been doing PK cleanses too, and like eating G. Yeah. And here's the thing too, because like this thing, I have the same opinion on this as I do with like people doing weed or shrooms or, or alcohol or whatever. Like, if you get enjoyment from these substances and you're not causing any harm to yourself or anyone else, then go right ahead and use them. I don't care what you do. So like that's that's my opinion. Like I'm not I'm not gonna go to Costa Rica or whatever and do this. Probably maybe I will like have like mid like midlife crisis. Which you know what this could be what Rogers is doing. It really feels like he might be yeah. having a midlife crisis. This should be a his, movie, honestly, with his hair and his you know his his entrance to training camp and everything. And it's like, all right, buddy, he's dating a witch or whatever. Okay, it's so not not a witch allegedly. Um, so yeah. This is he's interesting and and he acts like he doesn't like the attention, but you know he loves the attention. That's why he's like, doing it. Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. he talks about like blocking out all the distractions around him and it's like but you're the one who creates the distractions. You're the reason why. And he doesn't Yeah. I don't know if he doesn't understand that or he just likes to say that he doesn't so that he gets even more attention but yeah he's he's just annoying man i'm tired of aaron Rodgers already i'd rather talk about tom brady i think it's a good sign that we <laughs> have spent nearly half this podcast talking about aaron Rodgers and his drugs as uh the offensive line everything that's going on in vikings camp and i think it's a good i think it's a good thing because adam thielen stepped up to the podium last week and said there's a lot less yelling going on here. And I'm like, oh, what? Really? Okay, that's that's interesting. Tell me more. The Vikings seem very calm. They they don't seem very yeah. Viking-like yet. We had the year of Smith Jr. injury, but I mean, Sun game up the next day. Kevin O'Connell's probably yeah. like, more KJ Osborne. Let's go. It's a Yeah, it's a finger. He didn't tear oh. his, 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 his ACL or get a broken foot or anything. It's a finger. Yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And on that note, uh, that's all the time we have for the Viking Age podcast today. Gotta get some 
got to call Aaron Rodgers and get some some sage or something. Kyrie Irving over here. here. Uh, we do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. If you miss it, we got you covered in podcasts from the very next day on Apple and Spotify. However you're listening, subscribe. Give us a five-star review so you never miss a new episode. I'm Chris Shad For Adam Patrick, I'm signing off. We'll talk to you on Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.